Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Rich Weiland. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Naples, Florida. Oh, that sounds nice. But we're going to be talking about hurricane and severe storm preparation. Rich, how are you doing? Uh, good, thank you. Yourself? Doing great. You know, up here in the north, I'm in Pittsburgh. We're at the end of our severe storm season. But September can be a tough one for you down in Florida, right? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, September is pretty much our... Uh, peak season for for hurricanes down here. So what's done on a property beforehand? You know, I know that's got to be a big part of getting ready for hurricane season. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Preventative wise, you know, uh, have a certified arborist come out to your property and uh, look for uh, weak branches or V-shaped limbs that you can cable um, before before a high winds or a storm comes. Look for uh, proper pruning, um, you know, uh, crossing, rubbing branches, um, heavy end uh, weight on a on a limb that you could maybe reduce uh, to help it from breaking. Um, and then uh, another thing is uh, thinning out a tree is good. I always like to say it's like a sail, um, yeah. and um, you don't want it to be like a sailboat. So if you put some holes, uh, thin it out a little bit so that you can see the sky. Uh, that means the wind can get through it and not push it over with some high winds. What has the storm season been like for you so far? Uh, this year so far, so good. I think it was on record August. There was no named storms first time in, I think, like 30 years. So we got lucky. Yeah, so that, that's got to be a good feeling. But I wonder what it's like for you to watch these storms coming. Uh, how long have you been watching these storms coming to Florida? <laughs> uh, I've been down here in Naples for uh, about 13 years. So, um, you know, I'm from up north originally and, you, you know, you see them growing up and you sort of watch the news a little bit and it's sort of interesting. But then when you're down here and you see them come off Africa and they start to form, uh, definitely it keeps you on your toes um, and, and, you know, you watch it constantly and see if it shifts or where it's going how big it's coming um and then as it gets closer definitely uh um it gets a little more worrisome so it seems so unpredictable you know again you know i'm I'm watching it like you used to watch it from up here and never knowing if it's going to hit in the strength that they think it's going or where it's going to land all that's all that sort of thing has got to be uh, a little worrisome for somebody who works on trees. Right. Yeah. I mean, with Irma, that was, uh, you know, the last big one we had down here. And I remember when it got, you know, within a day, two days of it hitting, uh, they kept saying East coast, West coast, East coast, West coast. And it was sort of like 50, 50. And then of course it went up our coast, the West coast. And, uh, um, I mean, I think either way we have gotten some damage, but it hitting, just south of Naples, uh, definitely uh, that's like the worst spot for us to have it hit. And when something like that happens, what does that mean for you and your team? 
Uh, so uh, making sure we're prepared is the biggest thing, um, you know, with fuel, uh, all the trucks running um, and running properly, making sure you have enough tools, chainsaws, um, oil, everything in advance uh, ready so that when it does hit, uh, that you're ready to go. I mean, what do you do as far as fuel is concerned? If there's no power, do you have like some way to you have a generator pumping fuel or how do, how would you get fuel if there's no power for two or three days? Um, we try to keep enough um, on hand, you know, make sure we fill the trucks up prior to it hitting. Um, that way you got at least, you know, a couple days of fuel in your truck where you don't have to use the gas station. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I was just wondering like in that situation, how long was it that you, that the basic big area was without power? Was it that long or how long? Um, it- so without power, um, it was weeks. Uh, but the wow. good thing is we had running water. So uh, you could at least, you know, when you're sleeping and, and you're sweating, you can at least jump in the shower and cool off. Yeah. Uh, which was one of the big, big things that we had down here that, that helped us. And then, do other people from Davie come down there or do you guys handle everything when there is a bad storm? Yeah. With, with, uh, take Irma, for instance, that was a big one. So, um, our office in Naples here, we had a, about, I think about 85, um, employees come down from different locations, uh, from St. Louis to Ohio, Carolinas, Texas. Um, and they all, they all pitched in, uh, to help. Wow. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this as your job. Um, well, growing up, you know, I never knew what I wanted to do. Um, so the summer jobs I took from junior high on were all outside. Uh, I'd mow, mow the greens and, and help out at the local um, uh, golf course uh, to mowing lawns, landscaping. And I always sort of gravitated towards that um, in the summers because I liked out outdoors i got into uh that and then sort of led me right into davy you know being with davy tree and tell me a little bit about your job now uh right now i'm I'm district manager so um you know i gotta manage the crews um equipment um uh, and i'm still representative so i I still go out and, and see clients tell me a little bit about that your relationship with your clients um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, it's, you know, you definitely want to have a, a good relationship. Um, that way they'll, they'll stick with you and they can, they can trust that you'll be there when they need you, uh, like a hurricane. Um, so yeah, it's one of the biggest things that I like also is, is just having that communication and you meet all types of different people, uh, especially down here in Florida, you've got people from, uh, New England states to Midwest to out West. Um, so you got all different types of personalities and, and uh, you know, how people were raised coming down to, you know, different personalities. Coming down to live the good life without all this snow that we have to deal with up here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, when you go to a property like this time of the year, just run through basically what you're, what you're looking for. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the pruning and such, but it's, it's not just looking up, right? It's also looking down at that tree too, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking for deadwood, decay, uh, cavity holes, uh, you know, the root structure, like you were saying, discolored foliage, you know, anything that you can, can visually see. Um, and a lot of people, they don't really look up or down. 
they're just sort of looking straight ahead and they they usually don't look either way and just walk to their car and whatnot um you know, so definitely before hurricane or you know say around may or june to try to get prepared for it uh you want to look for trees you know around your house you know branches that may touch your roof or your uh or your house itself um or going going down low like you said uh, at uh, the roots you know maybe impacting uh the house um, and the foundation one thing we didn't touch on were uh were pests up here we get a break as soon as that frost hits we we get a break you've got 12 months of pests doing what they would do on those trees right right yeah it, with the with the weather down here yeah it's it's uh all year long and and that's one of the the biggest factors in in when going to look at a tree and it may have an insect or a disease you, know, you got to think you know what's causing that because usually those are secondary diseases uh, or insects that attack it and um you know give a reason for it to to get in easier um you know it could be as simple as uh mower damage hitting the hitting the bottom um uh, topping or you know uh topping a tree um drought flooding uh improper mulching you know putting too much mulch on top where it, where it could uh the roots don't get enough uh, oxygen and can start to die back up top so instead of thinking hey I, there's something up in my tree it could just be it's not getting oxygen enough to breathe uh, and that's why the dieback's happening. Do you get a lot of, you know, since you have so many people moving down there, do they want to grow what they grew wherever they lived, you know, to, to remind them of, uh, you know, back home? Or is that basically an impossibility? Are you growing different things down there than you would from New England and uh, other areas? Yeah, definitely a lot of different trees, um, even from northern Florida down to here. Uh, with with the zone that we're in, it's it's uh, subtropical. So even palm trees that you know you can't even grow in, say Orlando or Jacksonville, just because of the temperature uh, difference in the rainfall. A lot of people they want some exotic trees that you know may not you know may not need enough water or may may need more water for it to survive. So you got some palms where you know you have to put your favorite bush or, or flowers right next to the palm, but the, the, the plant needs excessive amounts of water where the palm likes it in the desert. So you, you have to, you know, when you come to a property and they say, this isn't growing right, or my palm doesn't look good, but my shrubs do it's well, you know, it's not, it's getting too much water and what you have planted next to it uh, isn't getting enough. So, so. Tell, tell me about some of the cool trees that you can install down there that we couldn't grow anywhere else. I, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of different varieties um, from, uh, I mean, just the names of them, like Cababuya, Gumbo Limbo, the Geiger. You know, it's one of my favorites is the Orange Geiger. Uh, they think it originated in Key West, I think, is, is where they think it came from. Um, but it's flowering, so it doesn't get too big. Um, it's one of my main things for my yard is I don't want trees to get too big. Um, something easy to maintain, but colorful. Um, Cause you got the native trees like the, the live oak and the mahoganies, but they get big and they're messy. So, um, and then of course the palm trees, uh, a lot of people like palm trees. And so when you're deciding on planting at a property, you know, talk about thinking about putting a tree in there when you're concerned about, storm season 
Right. Yeah. You go back to the uh, right plant, right place. Uh, you know, are you going to put a, a large tree that's going to grow to 50 feet tall underneath power lines uh, or too close to your house? Or do you want a mango tree? But, you know, mango trees can get pretty large. And if, if it gets out of control and it gets too big, you can't reach the fruit up top if it's not taken care of and reduced every year. So then all of a sudden it, it lands in your yard and, and the rodents are getting to it and then it, it starts to smell. So those are things you got to keep in mind that if you do want a tree, you got to you got to maintain it yearly before it gets out of control. How big does a mango tree get? That sounds so cool to me. It's like yeah. to, to be able to grow your own mangoes. But then you tell me the downside. You can't get to them. <laughs> and when they do drop off, I can't imagine what, you know, 100 mangoes laying in the front yard uh, with all sorts of crazy creatures I haven't seen before uh, <laughs> feasting on them. Yeah, I, they, I believe they get to about 40, around 40, maybe 50 feet tall, they can. So they do get pretty large, which is a large tree down here in Florida. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, as long as you reduce it um, the proper way uh, that you can, they can reach the fruit, you know, say, say only make sure it's 15, 20 feet tall at the most. That way um, you contain the growth and, and you can still get the maximum amount of fruit out of it. What's another unique tree for down there that, that you like to put into properties? I'm trying to think here. Um, besides a palm, like a hardwood? Yeah. I mean, first off, when I hear mahogany, you know, again, it's the stuff. This is like a different world down there compared to being, you know, in the mid-Atlantic states. And so it's just interesting to hear the, the different cool things that you can put in place there. Yeah. I, I, well, a cool one. Um, let's see. Uh, the Chefalera. Chefalera, it's a different name too. Oh, yeah. um, and they're sort of, they're definitely look like they're from another planet or very tropical, I guess. Um, they do they have flowers on them, uh, a few different varieties of colors, but um, those are pretty cool to look at. Uh, Rich, before I let you go, talk a little bit about when you do have one of these bad storms and you're able to go in and make some positive changes for each property. And and that's got just got to feel good to, to be kind of a, a sort of savior after one of these storms. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it does feel good. And, and, you know, you can help people in, in their trees and prevent them uh, before a storm from falling. Um, and there's good data on that, that if you do properly prune your trees, fertilize them and take care of them uh, that they can withstand storms a lot better than, than one that hasn't been taken care of. Well, Rich, I appreciate your time. We're crossing our fingers up here that you don't have a bad September, that, that what happened in August continues and you've got a, some mild weather. And uh, we do, though, uh, hate you because you don't have winter. Right, right. Well, that's why we get all the snowbirds down here. So. <laughs> all right, Rich, thanks again. I appreciate all the great information. Thank you. Well, as I said, I hope the weather works out down there and that we have a mild winter up here. <laughs> Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. 